0: That feeling of trying something new and being in this state of frustration or feeling like you're not making progress, just keep going at least at least for a little while and look back on yourself because you have been making progress and other people are probably seeing it more than you do.
1: You're listening to the Building a Coaching Culture podcast. If you need to compete and win in the 21st century labor market as an employer of choice, this podcast is for you. Each week, we share leadership development, coaching, and culture development insights from leading experts who are developing world-class cultures in their own organizations. And now, here's your host, J.R. Flatter. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm J.R. Flatter. This is Building a Coaching Culture. And I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and youngest son, Lucas Flatter. Hello. So just to remind everybody who our listeners are, leaders that are competing and winning in the 21st century labor market, not a surprise to anyone or a mystery to anyone about how competitive this labor market is. That culture is so important to that. So one of the themes that I've been seeing is The difficulty people are having at transition stages in their life and how leaders can help with that and how coaches might help with that. So I wanted if we could focus on that for this session, Mm -hmm. on how building your culture is related to helping people in transitions and, you know, what is the leadership role and what is the person's responsibility? What is our responsibility as the leaders in the organization? So that's what's on my mind today. Big topic. So,
0: you know, in, in the work environment, whether it's like marriage or death in the family, or what are those kind of moments that might prompt one of these conversations?
1: Yeah, I know from uh, my own life experiences and you're going through it right now. Let's just see in the last five years of your life. You've gotten an MBA, gotten married, had a child. Any one of those is a potentially joyful, but also stressful time of life in my own life. So I joined the Marine Corps. That was one of the times. Retired from the Marine Corps another time. As I started this business 20 years ago, then sat in the CEO chair for 15 years and stepping out of that chair at the same time that ironically, and and thankfully I had accomplished my life's goals. And so five years ago, it was a very traumatic period in my life. And it's about the same time that I started on my coaching journey. I've been coaching all along, but didn't recognize it as coaching or call it coaching. So that was a challenging, challenging time for me. And I think that's part of where I began to recognize I needed a coach. So was, had the opportunity to get a couple of different coaches, one of them from Australia, another from Ireland, another one from Texas, but, uh, Venezuelan by birth, immigrated to the United States. So I had a very eclectic coaching team that I was able to reach out to. I think it, it might be worthwhile just to talk through that and, you know, how did I recognize and what were the coaches able to do? with me and for me, help me grow into, you know, what I'm doing today. So if you think about being on this 30 year journey that you have these, this laser focus on what you're trying to accomplish and then suddenly it's there and simultaneously you're stepping out of a job you've been in for 15 years and leadership of a company that you created. It's a very joyful time, but also there's a lot of questions in your mind. Quite literally, I was just asking myself, who am I now? I know I'm still a father and I'm still a leader, coach, I'm an educator, but 55 years old, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? And just sitting in an office with a computer in front of me, brainstorming, you know, what's next? can only get you so far. And so my coaches and in my coaching conversations with them were able to help me see those blind spots, help me connect dots that I might not otherwise connect. And so now I have a pretty good idea. And that probably went on for about 18 months. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't something like overnight, figured it out. I think You know, in a coaching relationship, especially one that's relatively short-term, so most of the times when we engage in a coaching relationship, we're looking at a 12-week engagement. The most you could hope to do, I think, in that 12 weeks is lay out a blueprint, lay out a plan, because you're certainly not going to have the answers in 12 weeks. So when we engage in a 12-week coaching relationship, we have a pretty focused structure where we talk like. Things like what are your principles? What's important to you? What kind of job do you want to have? What, what kind of work do you want to do? What kind of life do you want to have? Do you want to? A lot of people when they're in these transition phases, they promised somebody for years. When this happens, we're going to slow down. Mm-hmm. So is that one of those times for you? So what's that work-family self-balance? And then where do you see yourself in 30 years, five years, in one year? So we got a pretty practice structure that we use. But even with all of that, it's a blueprint to get to the plan. And that's when you start executing the plan. So for me, from stepping out of the CEO chair and really having some clarity on where I was going, it was 18 months. 18 months of hard work. Ironically,
0: it's like when you go through one of those experiences, it's like, you know, you've achieved something so you're looking back and you're proud and, you know, just kind of relax for a minute, but then there's this void ahead of you. Mm-hmm. So it's like a moment to celebrate and reflect, but also like, okay, what's next?
1: Yeah. And I think it's a perfect time to get a coach.
0: And I guess thinking about coaching as a way to, you know, you're getting self clarity, you know, you're talking things through with yourself. Like What did you discover in in those conversations when you were transitioning?
1: So each session is a life of its own. And so one of our responsibilities as coaches is to address what I'm concerned about today, but also address what I told you I want to accomplish over the long term and the midterm. And so when I first stepped out of the CEO chair, I thought I'm going to be a philanthropist. I'm going to start a nonprofit organization, continue working with the Chamber of Commerce, which is a nonprofit, and I'm going to serve others in that capacity. And so I probably went down that path for several months, but the whole time I'm saying in the back of my mind, this just doesn't feel right. It doesn't seem to be what's going to give me joy. And it's about that time where I first hooked up with my coach from Australia, and the very first conversation with her coaching hat on, she's recognizing the inconsistencies of what I'm saying and what what's bringing a smile to my face. And so certainly a coach can do that. They, we always talk about in our coaching accreditation programs that we look for the whispers, and that was a whisper. You're saying you want to be a philanthropist. But the only time I see you get excited is when you talk about winning more business. And so do you really want to be a philanthropist? So that's a perfect coaching conversation to show you that inconsistency. And also a good coach will facilitate you really look at yourself and answer yourself a hundred percent honestly, because a lot of times we say one thing because we think that's what the world wants to hear. And so a coach can really help you through that. So that's kind of the the short term, but in the long term, another thing that we talk about in our coaching accreditation is, coach the person, not the problem. And so like most people do, I'm presenting the symptoms of my unhappiness to to my coach. And then she's constantly bringing me back to, what does that mean to you? So a perfect coaching question would be, what it is it about being a philanthropist that makes sense for you in the next phase of your life I mean, who are you? One of the exercises we go through is that everybody to build their own individual mission statement. So for 30 years, I knew who I was, a father, a Marine, and interested in the education of my children, interested in my family, growing as a family. Not that any of those things are lessened, but they're all achieved. So now what? Now, who am I? And so that's the kind of questions that a coach can really help you with. Not where are you going to go to work in the morning? They can do that, but why would you want to go to work there? And what about going to work there fulfills your own mission statement? So they help me through all of those things and a coach can help anyone in those kind of transitions. So let's talk about you a little bit. What's going on in your mind as you're hanging your mba on your wall next week. I have been thinking a
0: lot about you know what's next and like I said earlier it's kind of a moment to say okay like here's what we've done and here's what we're looking back on which is something to be proud of but then it's like okay there's a lot of uncertainty and so I'm kind of working through that right now.
1: Who are you talking to as you're working through all that?
0: So I have been talking with a coach periodically I met with my mentor from a leadership program that I did a couple of years ago in Le- Leadership Fredericksburg. So we had lunch and was just talking to him about, you know, I'm about to finish this and, you know, you have a similar career. So asking him about his background a little bit and probably do the same with my older brother, who's kind of gone through a bunch of the same kind of things as i am gone through. Mm-hmm.
1: So. so what advice would you give to yourself? As you go through this transition, if you were coaching you, what would you tell yourself?
0: You know, looking back, sometimes when I thought, oh, like this isn't going in the direction that I want or, you know, not fast enough or this or that. Now, looking back, it's there's some clarity where it's like, "Okay, I needed time to do this and I was working through this. And so now I have that understanding of, you know, things that I'm looking back on before so. Part of, I would say, you know, (laughs) if I was giving advice to myself, keep on having those conversations and be aware of like how you're feeling about certain things, but also don't try to rush into anything or, you know, if you're going to make a big move, just make sure that you've gotten comfortable
1: with it and you're not just doing it to have a snap decision, you know? So you think about all the people that we're coaching that are transitioning, what would be some advice you would give them?
0: I mean, the number one thing is just, you know, reaching out to other people. I think especially it can even be people that you talk to all the time, but you don't really you haven't really introduced this problem or, you know, this particular perspective to that person. So maybe they have a fresh take on it. So if you have brothers and sisters and your parents and, you know, Mm -hmm. people from work kind of coming to them and saying, you know, have have you dealt with something similar to this? And I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's where I would start at least.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think probably one of the more more important exercises, and a coach can help you with this, is what are the actual opportunities available to you? We call it the widening the realm of possibilities. Because I think a lot of us get stovepiped in our thinking that, okay, I'm transitioning and here's where all my friends went, so this is where I'll go. I was coaching someone who was retiring from law enforcement background, and him and 10,000 of his closest friends retire from that same field every year. So it's a crowded labor market to go do things that law enforcement people do when they retire. That drives down the labor rates, that drives down, I think, joy. You're gonna continue doing the same thing you just retired from. So what else might be available to you other than what all of your friends did so yeah take some time to explore what are the realms of my possibilities have long conversations with your loved ones like i'm sure you and lena are going to have about what's best for us
0: so for example lena was talking about some of her family wants to come to the states potentially and so she asked, okay, like, have you been studying English? Some of them are like, no, I, I don't, stu- don't want to learn English. So it's like, <laughs> okay, step one, <laughs> learn English. <laughs> so it's like, sometimes there's things that you can do right now that are going to help your possibilities in the future. And
1: Yeah, that's a great point. That's why when we talk to people in transition, we say, where, where do you want to be in 30 years? And at first that freaks people out. You're 30 years old. You don't even want to think about 60-year-old Lucas. But if you're there, you probably want to have prepared for it. And so no matter what age you are, 30 years from now, you want to be happy. You want to be surrounded by people who love you. You want to have probably some financial success. You want your health. And so, yeah, what do you, what can you do today to make that happen? It gets more real with the five years. Where do you want to be when you're 35 years old? I asked myself that question when I was 35 and I said, well, I'll be 40 without a PhD or I'll be 40 with a PhD. And it makes sense for me. So my five-year plan when I was 35 was go get a PhD, but what does, what do you have to do today and within the next year and within the next five years to be on that path? So I know you and and our family would be a really strong family. So I could guess where you want to be in 30 years. And what are you doing to take actions to make that happen today, this year, in the next five years? Because you don't wake up one morning and have an MBA, right? You got to apply to the school. We got to go to the classes, but what did the MBA do for you? I'm sure you asked yourself questions. Lena asked, you and Lena asked each other questions. What's next for us? So I suspect it fit into your life plan somehow.
0: I mean, to be completely honest, three years ago, I was I was kind of at the point where I was thinking like, okay, I want to expand those opportunities and the possibilities and, and I'll figure it out. By the time I graduate, I'll figure <laughs> out what I'm going to do with it. And now I'm at, at that point and I'm like, okay. Now it's time to figure out what I'm going to do with
1: it. (laughs) Oh, that's cool.
0: What you were saying earlier, it kind of reminds me of like financial planning and, you know, Mm -hmm. or even like, you know, medical treatment. It's like if there's a patient that's bleeding, it's like, okay, stop the bleeding, then do this, then do this. Or if you're trying to save up, but you have a bunch of credit card debt, it's like, okay, stop the bleeding, figure out the credit card debt. But When it is like, you know, mid-tier of the needs hierarchy, there's nothing like severely wrong. So you're almost just, you know, like trying to guide yourself towards options that are all positive in a way. So I think that's a challenge.
1: So what is one of your secrets to success, Mr. MBA?
0: I feel like, I I mean, I keep reiterating, but, and like we kind of talked about it previously, you and I, but like having that that feeling of, of trying something new and, and like being in this state of frustration or, you know, feeling like you're not making progress, just keep going at least, at least for a little while and look back on yourself because you have been making progress. If you are doing the right things and, you know, dedicating any sort of time and effort to something, you're going to see these things jump out at you. And other people are probably seeing it more than you do. So
1: yeah. I loved your story you told today about your Spanish fluency mm-hmm. and studying Spanish most of your life, thinking that you're okay at it <laughs> and then visiting your family in Colombia. Columbia, they're, them telling you how well you were speaking. We don't get to see ourselves grow like other people do. Mm-hmm. So it's always nice to get that kind of feedback. And the other part of that that came to mind while you were saying that is, if you are in fact a lifelong learner, you're also a lifelong novice Mm. and all the frustrations that come along with being a novice at anything like your guitar playing, right? (laughs) Not advancing as quickly as you'd like, but you're still sticking with it.
0: When you're really like a novice or maybe you're like younger, like, you know, you're just graduating high school or something. It's easier to compare yourself to other people because, you know, everyone's the same age, everyone's doing the same thing. But then when the time horizon gets longer, And you see like, okay, like I was the slowest person in cross country, but now I can run a marathon. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. you will get there. Like if you are interested and you keep going.
1: Yeah. It's the, the rule of 72 that we talk about all the time. If you divide the growth rate of something into the number 72, it tells you how long it takes to double. And so if you're an okay runner and you get 5% better every year, yeah, you divide that into seventy-two. How long is it going to take you to be a really good runner, right? It's so long way of saying continue to invest in yourself and the person you were five years ago. You won't even recognize five years later.
0: If you were talking to like that marine transitioning to his first officer role or or something like one of those events, what would you say to that person and? How do you think it might change, how to have changed things in the past for you?
1: Yeah, I always hesitate to go back because if one thing changes in your whole life, you're not sitting here today, <laughs> <laughs> right? And yeah. so I'm, I'm always very careful to say, "Gosh, I wish this would have been different." But you know, now that I'm 60 and have all these scars and, and all these successes, I would probably tell 30 year old me, "You're gonna figure it out, and it's gonna be great." Just keep pushing, keep hammering away. Some of the more surprising things in my life were you go into, like you getting your MBA, you go into that school thinking, yeah, I I probably can survive this, but I'm just going to do okay. And I'm surrounded by people that are more capable and smarter than I am. But then when you're on this journey and you see the timeline, as you said, the horizon getting stretched a little bit, you see, wow, I am competitive and I am smart and I am hardworking. I wish I would have recognized that when I was twenty something. And now you and I try to teach people that, show people that.
0: Yeah. Put that <laughs> on our, you know, children, grandchildren.
1: Yeah, exactly. Co-worker. Yeah, there's nothing more satisfying than seeing one of your children or grandchildren do something that you've taught them is the right <laughs> thing to do. It's like, oh yeah, they were listening. All right. We'll let you go. Thanks for All being right. here. Thanks so much. Well, that concludes this episode of Building a Coaching Culture. I truly hope that this episode was helpful to you. If it was, be sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Maybe stop and give us a rating or review and share this podcast with someone who might find it helpful as well. Thanks again and we'll see you next time.